0: Welcome to Inspired Insights, where we share our conversations with industry experts as we give insight into workforce trends and changes impacting HR and financial professionals. We will cover everything from employee engagement to compliance and regulations impacting your workforce success. Welcome to the Inspired Insights podcast. I'm your host Brian Gorman. I'm a sales and marketing professional with over 20 years working and leading sales teams in the human capital management space. And normally, I'm joined by my co-host Jeff McEwen. Uh, Jeff, I'm riding solo on this episode today, but I wanted to um, introduce uh, a, a special guest that we have with us today, Rob Campbell. Rob is the director of partner relationships at eComp. and we're here today really to talk about risk management uh, in your business and um, um, we just want to welcome rob uh, campbell to the show today
1: awesome thanks brian thanks for having me
0: absolutely um well rob why don't you um tell our audience you know who, who's rob campbell what do you do um what's your role at eComp? and maybe talk about um your business as well
1: yeah absolutely um, you know, so as you mentioned, you know, I'm the Director of Partner Relationships here at ECOMP and, you know, I guess it's a, a fancy title for, um, you know, I do everything, uh, you know, as far as new business development um, uh, at ECOMP. ECOMP is a workers' compensation aggregator. We specialize in pay-as-you-go workers' compensation um, and we uh, specifically partner with, uh, with the payroll channel. We work with about uh, 700 payroll and HR companies. Uh, nationwide, um, I've been in this space for it's hard to hard to believe sometimes, but for for more than fifteen years, I've I've spent my entire career in the uh, payroll, HR, and insurance. And what I really uh, kind of capture all in one is ah uh, in ah in the risk management space, um, and really for small and medium sized businesses. Um, I grew up. In a family of of small business owners, um, I I understand the the struggles they have day to day. I have a passion for uh, for small businesses, and so I've I've uh, settled on a, a career path that uh, allows me to work with them and and help them, and uh, not have to be knee deep in in the family business, which uh, sometimes can be tough.
0: Sure. No. Absolutely. Um, so wanted to maybe ask you, and you, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit in your intro there about the struggles you see, um, small businesses going through, maybe talk a little bit about that, what you're noticing. We just, before we started to hit record here, talked a little bit about, um, you know, things opening back up we're, we're two years past, well, sort of two years past COVID a little bit, we're noticing, uh, businesses are starting to, to really open up travels back. Um, so maybe talk about what you're. In your your recent meetings, travels, um, what have you found that you know, really is top of mind right now, maybe with small business owners or even with, um, you know, HR directors um, that might relate to, um, to risk management in the organization? Yeah,
1: <clears throat> I mean, I think there's two common themes, um, as I've been traveling and, and talking to a lot of people. And, you know, one is is I think very obvious, um, and seems to be um, you know, not only top of mind during COVID, but always top of mind, of course. And and that's cash management, right? How how do I hold on to my my cash? How do I manage cash? And and COVID, you know, especially for a lot of entry industries, um, Put some uh, some difficult situations on on cash management, and then the other one is really uh, all of the HR functions, right? The 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 employment world has changed drastically in the last mm-hmm. you know two and a half years, um, remote workers and. Um, you know, how do I handle COVID and how do I handle employees that, you know, say that they're uncomfortable returning to the office now that uh, a, a lot of our of our clients are are um, moving back to the office and are my policies, um, either my insurance policies or my company policies, are they up to date? Uh, are they are they accounting for these things? And there's just a lot of questions around um, how. Employment has evolved over the last two and a half years,
0: mm. and you're right. I think it's completely changed, um, especially with the remote piece of that. Uh, when when you talk about you know remote employees, what um, what do you see people maybe struggling with? I mean, I've I've seen um, like here in TruePay, for example, most of us are I think you know back in the office, but. You know I talk to people that are you know in um, different roles and and they're like, oh, we haven't been back to the office you know since we were sent home and and you just kind of see like almost a fight going back and forth with the um you know management wanting employees to be in the office more, uh, employees themselves wanting still that flexibility. Um, but that can present challenges too, right? I, I think from a um a risk management standpoint too, you know what do you see that are some of the issues that um, especially when it relates to rep- to remote work, what are your thoughts on that?
1: yeah i mean so one thing that that has been um very glaring and that you know being a a workers comp aggregator uh continues to present itself um because the workers comp audit obviously comes after a lot of this stuff has occurred and that the companies that went remote and either they if they stayed remote or they went back to the office is uh, kind of indifferent uh very few business owners are missed the fact of well well geez you know i'm in I'm in uh, I'm I'm in a, a border state right I'm, I'm my business is is in Pennsylvania but now I've got employees that are working in Ohio or uh, my business is in New York and we closed the office and now I've got employees who decided to move to to Florida and Texas and and Tennessee and a lot of them didn't account for how do I ensure that you know now I have employees working in different states. And a a lot of businesses didn't contact us and say, hey, you know, what do I do? I got an employee working in Florida now. Um, It's a simple fix, right? It's a it's a quick endorsement on the policy. Um, We've had a a big advantage in that, you know, we offer pay as you go workers comp. So we're getting that payroll data in real time. And so we've seen um, instantly when taxes are now being paid in a different state and we can reach out and make those endorsements. But we also have a big book, a direct bill business, and, uh, you know, two-thirds of the clients nationwide have their workers' comp policy uh, on a direct bill basis. Um, so a-, a lot of people didn't think about that, and they're handling that. And unfortunately, the insurance company isn't required to cover claims um, if an employee is working in a state that wasn't endorsed to the insurance policy. Um, mm-hmm. So there's been some sticky situations, right? There's been some, uh, some difficulties that businesses... Uh, have had to uh, to overcome um, because, of course, with everything that was going on, that wasn't top of mind when they thought, you know, employees are working from home.
0: Oh, sure. No, that's a really good point. And and I was as you were talking, I, I kind of wrote down a note, like maybe. Take a step back for a second and and talk about what workers comp is. I think that majority of our listeners probably know, but it might be for someone that doesn't know or just getting started and opening up a you know a small business. Maybe talk about that, and then when you mentioned pay as you go, right? What's the benefit of that? Um, and maybe talk about how that works a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I mean, workers comp it's it's mandatory in in 49 states. Um, it uh, Texas is the only state that doesn't require it. Uh, and really it just means Texas isn't going to fine you for not carrying it. Um, but it, it's, um, it covers your business from employee injuries and illnesses, uh, that happen mm-hmm. as a result of the workplace. Um, and you know, it's the sole remedy for workplace injuries. So it, it, Uh, A business provides an employee with a workers comp policy and in exchange, right, they don't they don't uh, sign anything agreeing to this, but the law states in exchange for workers comp, the employee gives up their right to sue a business owner um, for workplace injuries and illnesses. Um, it's an unlimited coverage, um, and so if an employee gets injured either severely or minorly, the workers' comp carrier pays all those claims, replaces the income, um, pays the medical expenses, uh, and as I mentioned, it's it's required uh, for a business in, in 49 of the 50 states. Awesome. Pay, as pay-as-you-go workers' comp is if you look at workers' comp, it's ultimately a payroll tax. The premium that you pay is a percentage of the payroll wages. Um, I say it's the most complicated payroll tax a business owner has to manage because it's different in every state, and it's even different for uh, various groups of employees within your business, right? Your people that work at a desk, they pay one rate. Uh, your people that work out in the field, they uh, they pay a different rate. And so pay as go workers' comp uh, takes the guesswork out of all that. No upfront deposit. You pay your premiums as you pay your employees. We uh, identify what the job code of that individual employee is and we charge the appropriate premium uh, based upon uh, what the actual payroll is. And that way at the end of the year that workers comp audit is really a non-event. There's no surprises, you don't owe a ton of money, you're not waiting for a refund, it just gets handled like a normal payroll tax.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. I think there's still so much value in that. I think that uh, you just mentioned it, Rob, with the uh, virtually the audit going away is just such a a burden lifted uh, to the business owner. So that's such a great a great point that you made there. Um, maybe talk about you know I we mean, started off talking about risk management too, but. Um, what are some things that? Um, and This might be something with year end. Kind of, we're here in August, so uh, we're approaching year end. It's not, it's not quite here yet, but we're approaching in our industry anyway. And, and where Rob and I are talking, it's it's a, somewhat of a um, top of mind with HR and payroll, and people starting to really evaluate uh, their their current vendors or you know maybe their in house system, wanting to you know, maybe maybe make a change here at here at year end and evaluate. Um, when is a good time to really you know, evaluate your risk management? Is that something you should be doing constantly, or is there a different time of the year that you've seen where, hey, you know, this is really uh, a good idea to start evaluating some of your policies and and looking at the risk of your of your business?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great question, and honestly, it's a it's a question that I get on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my my answer to that is always always be managing your risk Mm -hmm. and so you know here's how i define risk management you know there's there's all of the prevention that you do right your your emphasis on safety your um your protective equipment your hr practices be it your handbook or your timekeeping system and and all of those things you really want to constantly be evaluating what am i doing to prevent risk to my business Right? And that means from the clients and and having damages or injuries that could be caused through the course of your operations, right? Either physical or financial damages. Mm-hmm. Your your employees, right? Not only your workplace injuries, but your employment practices. Um, it's I, I I my heart goes out to business owners. I don't think there's been a harder time in the history of the world to employ people, mm-hmm. um, and so constantly evaluating how you. Uh, manage uh, those employees, as well as protect yourself from the risk of having employees. Um, All of your uh, financial risk management, right? Not only from a loss standpoint, but like we talked about, you know, cash management and Mm -hmm. how pay as you go, workers comp, for example, helps that. And so that's all your prevention activities that should be under constant evaluation. And then there's your transference. Right. Because you can have perfect H.R. practices, you can have uh, every safety uh, tool in in the marketplace and something could still happen. And so you transfer that remaining risk through your insurance policy. Now, your insurance policy, you're typically going to evaluate once a year at renewal and you're going to want to start that process, you know, depending on the complexity of your business, 45 to 90 days prior to renewal. Okay. um, you're going to evaluate your insurance agent, right? Are they meeting all of my expectations? Um, am I hearing from them? are they are they presenting to me risk management solutions? Um, you're going to evaluate your insurance carrier and your insurance policy. Do I have the appropriate coverages? um and of course, what wraps into all of that is am I paying the appropriate amount um to transfer the remaining risk uh, that i that I have left over? Um, so that insurance policy, you're gonna you're gonna evaluate once per year, uh, on, typically. Um, but your overall risk management strategy, it's it's really something that should be top of mind year round. Um, mm-hmm. And I I know and and you know as good as I do that business owners are absolutely laying in bed at night and staring at the ceiling and thinking about all of the stuff that could happen or all of the stuff that has happened. Right? Mm, you know, sure, if sure. Something happens between two employees within a business and the business owner goes home and is like, oh my God, how is this gonna affect me? Right. Um, and so the peace of mind piece is is the insurance policy to say, hey, you know what, I've done everything I can do to minimize this risk and I've per- purchased the appropriate insurance package so that if something bad does happen, I'm protected and the insurance company
0: is gonna take care of that for me. Great, great points. Um, and to on top of that, Rob, what what are your thoughts on? Um, maybe you can speak to this in in depth a little bit about onboarding to a different provider. Let's say someone wants to move, you know, to eComp or um, they say, you know what, I, I found some gaps and and I really think that it's time to to make a change. What's the onboarding process look like to to do that? Maybe specifically to to you guys or um, maybe what you've seen I mean, is there. Um, obviously, I think there's probably some work involved, right, from a client perspective, but Maybe talk about how um, how seamless that can be with uh, with changing over to eCom.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So e-comp is very unique um, because we focus on the payroll channel. Um, you know, a client, if we look at workers comp specifically, a client can uh, transfer their existing workers comp policy to e and we can integrate it into a payroll platform pretty much at any time. And so we had a ton of clients take advantage of that during COVID. We had, a, especially in some specific industries like restaurants, um, those restaurants that got that got shut down and uh, weren't on a pay-as-you-go workers' comp program continued to pay workers' comp premiums based upon payroll that existed prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. And so that's frustrating for a business owner and and not all insurance carriers were very accommodating. And their response was, well, don't worry if you overpay now, we'll refund you once you complete the audit. But those restaurants needed cash in hand mm-hmm. then. Right. And so... We had a ton of those restaurants convert their policy over to e and take advantage of pay as you go um, so they could stop paying premiums based on wages that, that no longer existed. And when they were experiencing temporary shutdowns or um, takeout only or all of those things that happened, um, their workers' comp payments matched that on a, on a weekly basis. So when they were closed, They didn't have to dig into their pocket and and put stress on on their cash um and when they were slow same thing and then when things opened up and you know like me and and my wife immediately wanted to go out to eat and go back to normal a little bit Mm -hmm. and when those restaurants got busy there wasn't a surprise at the end of the year because it was all accounted for Mm -hmm. um so the the transfer toss is is really really easy um and there's also a shopping component as well. You know, I have a client right now. Um, I actually signed them up um, last year. it's a roofing contractor. So extremely difficult industry. That's a client that, you know, we look at their uh, renewal 90 days out and we get started on on shopping their policy. You know, they just weren't their needs weren't being met. They wanted to take advantage of pay as you go. Um, so we transferred them over. And when when the insurance company released their policy to me, the, the transfer is easy, right? Client signs a couple of forms and says, hey, I want e-comp to represent me. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Insurance company releases the policy to me. I looked at their coverage and I was like, hey, um, we can definitely give you pay as you go. That That's a slam dunk. Um, you have some gaps in your liability coverage. Um, New York has some some funky uh, old standing laws uh, called scaffold laws Um, So the risk to an employee that falls from a height um, gives them uh, kind of a legal sword Um, and, you know, savvy employees or especially uh, uh, attorneys will take advantage of that um, and they'll find other ways to navigate the workers comp system and sue the employer. And so there's uh, some coverage called third party action over and very important coverage for really any contractor, but especially a roofer. And that coverage was missing. So, long story short, we went through, we shopped that coverage, huge, huge expense to them, about $125,000 a year to add that endorsement. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, the reason was they didn't have a formal safety plan. They weren't doing employee background checks, no screening. um, They didn't have a handbook. Like their HR functions were not on solid footing. So, they couldn't afford that endorsement last year i educated them about it i gave them a, a checklist of what they need to accomplish prior to this year's renewal um so they got a handbook in place they're um they're doing background checks they're checking mvrs um they they you know they have now tightened up all of their hr practices so fast forward 12 months they were now able to get that action over coverage um for $4000 and so you, that's $121,000 swing. Wow. Um, and so, um, you know, that's a big part of that. When we talk about when do you evaluate your coverage, you know, mm-hmm. always evaluate your coverage, make sure those things are being pointed out. And the business owner was like, hey, nobody's ever pointed, I, I, I've been in business 10 years, nobody's ever pointed out that I that I have that coverage. And a lot of agents just assume like, hey, this, this small business isn't gonna wanna pay for that. Um, And he's like, I spent the last 12 months losing sleep over it. I talked to other people in the industry who were affected by it. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to afford this coverage next year? But by getting all of their HR practices tightened up, it actually made that coverage affordable for them. And that's the risk mitigation piece, right? The risk prevention that -hmm. the insurance companies want to see. The insurance company wants to see that you are first and foremost doing what you need to do to prevent bad things from happening. And if you have an attention and a focus on prevention, they're willing to transfer the remaining risk at a much more competitive price.
0: Mm. Great stuff. That's that's fantastic. Um, and maybe the the kind of the final question here, Rob, before we get into the the fun questions. And and I always kind of like like to look at trends and see what's coming, and maybe trying to. Um, look down the road a little bit, maybe if you, if you fast forward six months, maybe a year from now, you know, what, what do you think that businesses are talking about? Um, and maybe it could be risk management, maybe HR payroll, but what do you, what do you think, um, you know, fast forward and in your mind, what do you see, uh, businesses maybe, um, talking about uh, struggling with or working on, or, you know, kind of, how do you see the, the industry, um, unfolding in the next six to 12 months?
1: yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going be an interesting time. Um you know, i'm i'm I tend to be more of an optimist. um mm-hmm. and but when we when we look at the it's hard to predict the future. But when you look at what's going on the in the economy right now, there's a lot right. of uncertainty, sure. Um, a lot of that is led by consumer confidence, right? That's one of the most important things that I pay attention to. When people are comfortable in the economy, they will spend money, and all of that goes. If there's doom and gloom, whether the economy has has fundamental problems or not, if there's doom and gloom and people are afraid they stop spending money and that has an economic impact. So, you know, I'm starting to see a slowdown in some certain industries in, in the area that I'm in. Um, I, I, you know, I love contractors. I, that's that's the family business that I come from. So I'm sure um, I work with a lot of contractors and it's been a good time to be a contractor for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, business has been booming, the housing market is is on fire, people are are upgrading their kitchens and bathrooms and all of those things. And it's looking like the, the brakes are starting to get put on that a little bit. And as mm-hmm. I talk to some of these contractors, I, I hear the uncertainty um as they look at the next six to twelve months. They're all booming still right now, they're all booked up through the end of the year. But what i'm hearing is they're not getting the phone calls they're not getting the scheduling beyond that um so i think in the next six to six to twelve months people are going to be kind of looking at the at the state of the economy um where is it what does it mean for my business and how do i adjust to that um you know that comes in from a risk management standpoint um and you know when you i know what the insurance company is looking at as the economy as the economy goes down Claims tend to go up, um, and so I think people are going to start seeing, uh, businesses are going to start seeing their insurance premiums start to creep up as they get into their next renewals, which if we look back over the last five years has not been the case. Uh, insurance premiums have been consistently going down. Um, there, That's going to start to turn, and I think that's going to catch people's attention. So I would say the, the economy is probably going to be one of the biggest uh, uh, components, biggest top of mind, and people are going to make decisions on investments and and things like that.
0: Completely agree. Yeah, very good. Um, so move, moving on to some of the, I guess, the fun Not not that the questions before weren't fun, right? But uh, <laughs> getting into the the fun questions, maybe talk about you know, how did you find your current role and how did you get into the business in in the first place.
1: Yeah. You know, I I tell people all the time, right? I love what I do. I I truly enjoy it. Um, I feel like I have a purpose, you know, working with these small business owners, helping to manage the risk in their business. Um, But I always joke, nobody grew up and said, I want to be an insurance and an HR professional um, when I grow up. (laughs) Sure. As much as I love it and, and have a passion for it now, it it just kind of happened. Um, you know, I do live in an area where, where a, a big box payroll company is headquartered. Um, I truly enjoy small businesses. And so it was easy as I as I got out of college to, you know, get a get an entry level position with with this big box payroll company and kind of navigate through what I wanted to do. And you know, an entry-level position is good for bouncing around a little bit, trying a couple things out. Um, And eventually, I really settled into payroll wasn't my thing uh, from just a pure gross to net payroll standpoint. Um, But that strategic HR, that strategic insurance, that risk management, I found incredibly interesting. And
0: that's what I've done ever since. That's great. Um, What misconceptions do you think people have
1: about human resources Uh, you know it's it's i'd love to break this right and i'm sure you're in the same (laughs) boat right but i think people get uncomfortable when they hear the word hr right they assume if if somebody's talking about hr it's bad right it's discipline it's firing um it's it's it just has a negative connotation um and, you know, being in the industry like you and I are, we know that HR is truly about people and about culture and about engagement. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is also the the department or the function that handles, you know, discipline and, and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I say when I talk to somebody and they say they have a negative feeling about HR, I, I want to help their company. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't think that they're doing a good job communicating the importance of HR and the employee engagement piece um, and what HR is really there to do from a strategic component. Mm.
0: Well said, well said. Um, oh, what is the most recent, and this can be, this can be a general business book or um, you know, even an HR book, but what's the most recent HR business book podcast you would recommend to others?
1: Yeah. So we just, uh, I just promoted a, uh, a sales manager within ecom. Um, you know, we've, we've grown quite a bit and I needed, I needed some help and I needed somebody else that could uh, do a lot of that day-to-day mentoring of the sales team. And so I thought back to, you know, what helped me in, in my leadership career. Um, and so I, I, I had the, I had the sales manager read it and I reread, uh, four disciplines of execution. Hmm. Um, it's an incredible book. If you haven't read it, it's really all about um, you know the the in the day to day job function we have. It's very easy to get lost in the whirlwind, mm-hmm. um, and but you got to manage that. So eighty percent of your day is dealing with the whirlwind, but twenty percent is really focusing on. Um, you know, lead indicators and strategy and really trying to identify the most important components and metrics of your business that are going to have the biggest impact for improvement. Um, so I, I just reread it. It's a great book. I, I encourage it for anybody. You don't even have to be in business. I, I apply, you know, what, I, what I've what i read in, in four disciplines um, to just improving all sorts of stuff in, in my, my day-to-day life. Um, but especially in, in the office as well.
0: Hmm. Very good. And then to to wrap it up, um, we know that the two letters HR uh, stand for the words human resources, but if they had to start or had to be short for two other words with the same general connotation, what do you think those two letters should be short for?
1: HR, I would say healthy re-engagement. Hmm.
0: That's a new. We Uh, have not had that one before. That's a good. That's a new one. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, you
1: know, again, going back to that negative combo, human resources. Oh, like oh, we got to get HR involved. Somebody's getting fired or something. Something bad happened. But um, that's really what HR is about, right? And I had to go re-engagement because we had to use the R. But it's about healthy engagement. You know, engaged employees are great employees, Mm. Um, and. To, that's that's the that's one of the most important functions of HR is making sure that employees are engaged um, and they're heard and their expectations are met because employees that are happy at work uh, will run through a wall for you. Mm. Uh, they won't run through a wall for you for very long if they're just scared into running through a wall. They need to be engaged uh, in the company and in the mission, and then they're they're gonna they're gonna do whatever needs to be done uh, to be successful.
0: And to me, that's what HR is all about. Great points. That's fantastic. Um, so Rob, how can someone get a hold of get a hold of you? Um, so if they wanted to reach out.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh visit visit our our website, ecompnow dot uh, com. Um, you know, my my email is, is uh Campbell at goecomp dot com. Uh, you know, we we partner with with True so you can always get a hold of a Brian and the great folks at TruePay and, and get us in touch. Um so yeah, if you're if you you know are looking for some advice, looking for some assistance, get in touch. I'm happy to just kind of talk through these things. And uh, if it's just advice, that's great. And if there's an opportunity for a bigger partnership, that's even better. Awesome,
0: fantastic. Well, thank you to Rob Campbell for joining us today. And thank you to everyone who listened or watched our discussion today. We hope that you'll be back again. If you have any suggested topics or guests for future episodes, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at at Truepay.com.